Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Hasek. I played goalie because of Dominic Hasek. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to All Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Western New York's premier market and tap room with over 300 beers to choose from. And Western New York's one of one of Western New York's only both kid and dog friendly bars open 1130 a.m. till 1030 p.m. Seven nights, seven days a week uh, with live uh, entertainment, trivia nights, the whole nine yards. Make sure you let uh, whoever is behind the pine that particular night. Let them know that boys from two goalies one Mike sent you. Uh, and of course, Buffalo logo apparel. Buffalo's best spot for your Bills, Sabres, Bandits, Bisons, all your all your local locally designed uh, sports member uh, sports apparel. Uh, when it comes to shirts, hats, and hoodies, uh, make sure you get over to Buffalo Logo Co on Instagram and Twitter, buffalogo.com, and of course Fatty Beer at Fatty Beer on Instagram and Twitter. I am joined by my normal co-host, of course, Connor Hurley, who's been on the IR uh, t- uh, short term IR here. We're for back. The- Week. And then, of course, none other than Walt. You better know him as Sabermetrics on Twitter. Uh, Walt, thanks for hang, uh, hanging out with us tonight after a uh, very clusterfuck of a game. Yeah, I mean, it really can't get much crazier than that game. Almost felt like a game from last season with the goaltending and defensive breakdowns. Yeah, I mean, I thought offensively, like, Howard Simon was randomly uh, part of the broadcast tonight, which was cool. Love to that. I know. Love I cool to see. He made a good point after the game. Normally, when you see a, a team with like forty or more shots on net, you can kind you can kind of count on sometimes one hand, like high like high end high opportunities. A lot of them are perimeter shots, shooting for rebounds. Buffalo had a lot of good opportunities. A lot of scrambles in front of Bennington for loose pucks. There were a lot of great opportunities to to put this game away after you uh, came back and tied it 3-3. Um, and then just a lot of head-scratching plays, a lot of defensive breakdowns um, leads to them losing 6-4. to four. Uh, You know, I'll I'll kick it to you, Walt. Uh, your just immediate thoughts on the game. What went right? What went wrong? And, you know, what does this, what do the Sabres have to do to string together – a two or more game winning streak because this is getting really ridiculous. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, first off, what went wrong, I think, is just that poor start again. I mean, giving up those two goals early and giving up a third one to go down 3-0 just feels like we've seen that way too many times to start games this year, especially games where they're trying to build off a win in the previous game. Like, it just feels like deja vu, like, watching that happening over and over again. I think the goaltending probably could have been better tonight. The defensive breakdowns are obviously horrible. Uh, the offense looked good, though. I guess that's like some silver lining in this game. But overall, it's just like such a chaotic game that it's a little hard for me to like evaluate everything as a whole. Like, I don't think this game was one where it's like, oh, the season's over. I also don't think it's one where it's like these guys aren't that far off. I think it's just like just one of those games and you just have to move on to the next one and hope you could pick up some wins these next few games and not let it roll into a losing streak. Yeah, I, I one thing I do want to say is I have absolutely loved Zach Benson and JJ Paterik on the same line together. They have been awesome. Yeah. yeah, they've been they've been incredible, man. I mean, Zach Benson was one of the best players on the ice tonight. Uh, obviously, his goal was was amazing, and that's a goal scorer's goal. And it's it's something that you just throw the puck to the net, but you also need to have the skill level to do that all in one motion. But as we've talked about before, like him just on the forecheck. His speed, his skill level, hounding pucks. Uh, obviously, it was the right decision to keep him up in the NHL and sending of sending him back to junior. But he's really, really proving his worth, and it makes you really excited for when Jack Quinn comes back because obviously that's Quinn's normal place on that line with Paterka and Cousins. But Zach Benson feels like the type of guy that can play with almost anyone. You saw him to start the year with Middlestat and Greenway, and how great that line was. And now you put him with Cousins and Paterka and. You could probably put him with Skinner and Tuck or anyone else, and they play really, really well because he's that type of player. So that's obviously really encouraging. Uh, I thought Ryan Johnson, unfortunately, had his first bad game uh, as a pro tonight, uh, which is going to happen. Uh, it's his 12th, 12th game in the NHL. I think the entire defense, uh, probably aside from Darlene tonight, was was pretty horrible. And even defensively, I'm not even sure how he stacked up. But yeah, there were uh, obviously a lot of good and bad signs tonight. And as Walt said, it felt like the team from last year. They outshot the Blues 46 to 20. You outshoot a team by 26, you expect to win the game. And obviously that says something about uh, what you were doing in your own defensive end. Um, we can talk about UPL. Obviously, he's going to have the lion's share of the starts moving forward. And I think he's earned that up until this point. And this is probably one of his tougher games thus far, but I don't necessarily put this completely on him. Obviously you, you would like a couple saves there in the first period to keep it closer. But at the end of the day, like the team just could not defend it their own net tonight. No, this is one of those games where there was just like that, that the goal was it the second goal, the shun goal from the point where Samuelson's literally standing shoulder to shoulder with his man in front and just kind of doing like the Olay watching the puck go by him. Like, buddy you're as big if not bigger than him just move him like impose your will impose your will lift the stick and push him out of the way and let UPL have a clear line of sight on that shot instead you're just standing there next to him just a lot not just him but you're screening him too like just these boneheaded plays Samuelson more so than most especially the last two weeks yeah I mean just the breakdowns it's just Pretty much every goal in the NHL. I know Don Granato mentioned it like last week in his press release. Most goals in the NHL are scored by another team breaking down, and 
I think that really showed tonight for the Sabres. It's just those defensive mishaps have just been killing them. And even though there's some plays where, like, the goalie could have maybe saved the puck, uh, the Sabres are still putting their goalies in awful situations and they're having off nights. Like, the goalie's having an off night. They shouldn't have to face, like, these odd man rushes and these, like, clear shots without the net front being cleared. I think that's just been a problem for this team this season and was a problem for them last season. Like Hurls, we, we talked about it. We, we talked about it, uh, you know, before the, before the, uh, we went live, sorry, getting stumbled in my words. Uh, like that one where he's kind of just put uh, constantly pushing himself over into that butterfly over and over and over. And I was like, what, like, what the hell that honestly, that, ha- that I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but that's happened to every goalie where you're just being aggressive and trying to stay in front of the shooter. Uh, and kind of hoping and praying that your defensemen are going to be on their men there. Um, was it the right play by him? No, probably not. But to your point before we went live, or else, like even if he was in position there, nobody had their man in front. Nobody was nobody was like Akposo, and I forget who it was, the closest defenseman. Um, it might have been Power in front of that, just standing there. Nobody was really watching for the third forward to be sneaking in to take that pass. So even if he was in position there, like that puck's probably still going in the net. Yeah. I mean, they even mentioned it on the broadcast a lot tonight about UPL talking about not overcommitting, not being too aggressive, staying a little bit more in his net, using his size, using his, his anticipation and his positioning. So he doesn't put himself in positions like he did on that. I guess it was the third or fourth goal. Um, yeah. And of course you don't want to do that. You don't want to overcommit. You don't want to be too aggressive to the point of taking yourself out of the play. But at the same time, three guys are on Jordan Cairo and he puts a no look pass into the slot to a wide open guy. And even if UPL doesn't overcommit, he still has to get back and make a high danger chance save with a point blank shot with a wide open guy in the slot. So there's two sides of the same coin. Obviously he could play better tonight, but I do not think he was the main issue. Uh, Five goals on 20 shots, six goals on 20 shots, obviously not great. But at the same time, I'm pretty confident in, in the Sabres goaltending right now. Obviously, with Devin Levi getting sent down, I think that was the right decision, given the way UPL and Comrie have played. And against a team like the Hurricanes on Saturday night, uh, it's a good defensive team. Goals are going to be tough to come by. They're going to have to defend a lot better in their own end to even have a chance to win that game. Uh, you, uh, and you know their record in Carolina recently, which is probably the worst anywhere in the, in the entire league. So before, good before luck, we boys. get too much before we get too much deeper into this, just want to welcome back a uh, you know somebody we haven't seen here in a little bit, Johnny Cullen, finally uh, making his comeback to two goalies one Mike and I'll hang up and listen. It's been a Stop, minute, guys. It's been a minute, bud. Uh, we're just giving our thoughts here. Sabers lose six to four, uh, more than doubling uh, the shots from St. Louis, but. Defensive breakdowns and team defense seem to let them down uh, more often than not this season. Uh, just your thoughts. I know you watched the game start to finish, Johnny. Uh, just kind of give us uh, what you think. I mean, you guys, you guys touched on it pretty well. Um, defensive zone breakdowns, but also missed chances. We almost saw Ryan Johnson get his first there, and I think the and you guys touched on it again. Timely goals. Go back to the pivotal moment in this game. Okay. Coach takes Ruby takes a timeout. It's three to three. Thirty-eight seconds, boys, is the is my answer to this question. Um, I think it was, yep, it was Hayes 
um, on that that backdoor tap in, and then it was Shen. So thirteen oh four, you got Hayes, and then you got Shen scoring on that next play with Kairou again off the rush there. And we go from the Sabres having all the momentum in the world, 3-3, at 10-53, less than three minutes later, and in a 30-second span, 5-3, in which you guys alluded to, we were never able to recover. Yeah. Um... That's my TSN turning point. That, that shift, well-placed timeout. And, you know, as a coach, it's, it's tough to know when to take that, right? Because I feel like a lot of people criticize coaches for that if it doesn't work out, like it's some magic fucking – Easy button, right? Hey, guys, start figuring it out. Fuck. But Ruby had it right tonight, guys. They came out, and after that, it's a different hockey game. And I've, I've often criticized Donnie, too, about how he just likes to sit on his timeouts. Like, you know, a timeout just isn't just for rallying the troops late in the third period. It's for also settling down momentum and trying to get your bearings back underneath you, especially after you just scored three unanswered. Um after being down three nothing, you come back, you tie it. You have all the momentum. You have the momentum swing. Everything is going your way, and then they come back and they score two quick ones on you. I, I thought there was no more perfect time than then to just do exactly what Barube did: take a timeout, get yourself settled, um, let your goaltender get himself settled. Because again, you know whether we want to put either of those two goals on him or not. I mean, well, well, the four three goal, Dwayne. I mean, like we we got to talk this out. That's you guys alluded to the D zone turnovers. It's it, whoever's playing. Is that Darlene there that turns that puck over? Oh, that's t- yeah, Darlene. It's got two guys on him. He's got an open Samuelson right here. That's a brutal looking turnover. And then you see Hayes' position in the crease. It's it's sad, you know. Yeah, there's just no there's no grit. I know people hate the buzzwords like grit, jam, and you know whatever it might be. But like you need to play with that in in the, in the D zone, especially below the dots and. We just didn't tonight, man. Samuelson is, I would say, is the most guilty of it uh, multiple times tonight, just allowing his guys to kind of have free will in front of in front of UPL. And and I've said this multiple times, man. I, I don't really think it matters who you have back there. If that's the way you're going to defend, you're going to lose a lot of hockey games. Your thoughts, Walt? Yeah, I think a guy with Samuelson especially, I mean, when you draft a guy like that, you kind of hope that they're like a net clearing uh, D in front of the net and – I think the fact that that part of his game hasn't developed yet is a little concerning just because he kind of lacks like that foot speed and stuff you expect in an average defenseman. So you kind of hope they make up for lacking in that area by just being very strong in front of the net. Like he's a massive guy. Like there's no reason he should be getting beat in front of the net like that. There's also like, no reason he can't just take out a guy in front of the net. I mean, part of it is just hockey IQ. The other part is just, ability and willingness to be there and clear out the net front. So I think with a guy like Samuelson, you're just hoping for more of him, especially these past two weeks. And he's got that long-term contract. He's locked in here for a while. I think, I think you just really got to expect more. I mean, out of the whole defense group, but I think Samuelson especially has been a guy who's been struggling. Well, sorry to butt in there, but you're right. On that breakdown on the Hayes goal, I thought it was Darlene that the numbers were a little fuzzy on the replay. It was Samuelson. He's on that left wall. The puck comes to him right in front of the bench, right? He's got two F2s on him, right? And that turnover fucking kills us. Good point. Yeah. I have a bone to pick with Matias Samuelson. After the uh, Bills-Eagles game Sunday night, he, re- he reposted uh, 
the Eagles Instagram story of their, their final, waivers. Get them final four graphic. Eagles win. I know that's his childhood wow. team, maybe hometown team, but read the room, buddy. Uh, maybe that's not a good idea to do that for uh, the team in your in the city you play in. Uh, unre- unrelated to his defensive zone breakdowns recently, but uh, that kind of pissed me off. Uh, I know he's kind of a, a dry sense of humor type guy, so maybe he just thought that would be funny. Turns out not funny. Uh, but you expect him to be your stay-at-home guy. Uh, you expect him to be the guy that you can rely on in the defensive zone. That's what he was last season. You saw their record without him last year when he was hurt. It was really, really bad, and it was really good with him in the lineup. And for the most part, he's not been the same player this year. So they're going to have to figure that out. And we've talked a lot about how this team is not scoring at the rate they were last season. And we knew there would at least be some regression because they had a lot of seven, eight, nine goal games last season. But it's never going to be that. And especially without Tage Thompson and Jack Quinn, probably for the next three to four weeks, you're going to need something from the rest of this group. You had 46 shots on net tonight against an average to below average goaltender in, in Jordan Bennington. Casey Middlestat has been incredible this season. Probably the Sabres' best forward, maybe aside from J.J. Paterka in terms of overall game. But as good of a playmaker as he is, he needs to start putting some pucks in the net. That one tonight, obviously, it was deflected right before him, but he thought he had a wide-open net, easy goal, and he lifted his head up. And you could, saw, you could see how frustrated he was on the bench, but – that's almost inexcusable from an NHL player on the doorstep. That would have made it 5-4, completely changed the momentum of the game. He doesn't shoot enough. I, I do think he's obviously been amazing, his improvement in all facets of his game. But you would like him to start finishing some chances, even to have a breakaway like four minutes before that. So that's one oh, more sure. thing I'd like to hear from Casey Middlestead and some of the other guys on the roster. I have to attempt to let in six goals myself in my beer league game tonight. So I got to get out of here. But – Good seeing you, boys, and we'll uh, Ooh, uh talk to you on Saturday. 12 p.m. start? Uh, 9 p.m. out here oh, on the West Coast. The West Coast. Oh, that's right. You're out west. My bad. Well, hey, yeah. Sometimes we have 10.30s, but thankfully I have a 9 o'clock tonight. So Real we'll, quick uh, for the guests, what, what, uh, what, who, who are you playing tonight? What's the scouting report? Do you know? Uh, it's this team called Paradox. We played them in the playoffs a couple years ago. Middle of the road. We're pretty brutal right now. We lost all of our kids to college. So one and five right now. We scored two goals a game. We're like the Sabres, actually. I got to keep us in games. Got to keep us in games sometimes. You're going to so. have a great game, buddy. You're going to have a yeah. high draft pick. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll work on it. Hopefully, we get some goal scorers in the offseason. All right. Couple later, points. boys. Couple Good luck. Good luck, bro. <laughs> Before we uh, – obviously, we're letting hurls going out. Like, the comments section is, like, jamming right now. Over 50 comments right now. So, we'll hit some of these. People, people are ticked off. And I love it, man. This is the reason why I, why I do this after every game. Ooh. I think I've missed one game. I think I've missed one game this season. Uh, it's like some type of like self inflicted like torture I give myself, but it is hey, what it is. We're done with the comments. Can we touch on that five to three goal? Because that's the fucking dagger. That that was just that. Like, let go ahead, go ahead, get these comments firing. Well, well, you talk about the one from UPL where he we got caught caught out of position. Yeah, but like for me, like we get three low caught in the offensive zone. That puck in thirty three gets beat in a foot race, takes a bad angle, and we have three Sabres players chasing him. And the eventual goal scorer, although UPL is out of position and should know there that he has, you know, that taken care of. 
But fuck me, like that is such a big cushion. Kairu, or sorry, Shen and Hazy were both open on the backside. It's just disgusting to see that type of play happen. That's a play that happens in Major Midget, right? That yeah. should not happen in the National Hockey League. Nope. It was a one-on-three. After that, forward helps the D drive outside, gets your head up, places that weak side defenseman, and pick up, and we fucking did it. Sorry, Dwayne, go ahead. No, you're all good. Uh, no, I could agree. Like before you came on live, I was thinking all too. As goalies, all three of us, we've all been there where we kind of overcommit ourselves, you know, or we're we're playing aggressive, just really trying to stay on on top of that shooter, stay square, uh, pushing into our butterfly, much like UPL was. But at that point, you also you're you're, you're realizing the situation and how many got like you know guys you have on that side of the ice. Why on earth? Do you have three? Th- uh, why are the three Sabers covering one Cairo? And why is this nobody having any type of awareness of what's coming up the middle? Like, I just, you're right. I can't articulate it as well as you know. Power's I the one that got caught on that bridge. Yeah. To start the um, play. No, I, I wasn't trying to disagree with you. Interrupt you. I no. just, I, Power started that. And that's how I think it leads to that because you have 21 coming into the play. And 19 Krebs is the center is actually forcing that guy wide, which is good. But fucking power in front is fucking dead at the wheel. Um, 33. Who's 33? That's Ryan Johnson, bud. Yeah, I'm sorry. He wore a different number and in, in, in when he played in preseason. Anyways, long story short, Johnson was fucking lost on this play. You're pushing it. But again, UPL guys right here. It's a right-handed shot getting pushed beyond the goal line. Krebs has body position and stick on puck, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it's below the bottom of the circle on the goal line. Not a lot you, of gotta, you gotta get to your feet there. Like he that's the one doing you said he slid out of the play. Yeah, he's, dangerous he's definitely, out of, that. He's definitely out of position. He shouldn't be he shouldn't be power pushing himself that far out of your blue paint. And you know, that like you know what I mean? Like you have that to have a power push to my or at least lifted that left leg up. Yeah. Be ready to recover back because yeah. he's fucking way out there, brother. Oh, yeah, but to to to, to play devil's advocate, even if you are in position there in that same situation, you're still really recovering to make a really difficult save up the gut. Yeah, with that weak side cut across too, and, and goes back to what you just said. That is your go-to on the recovery. Yeah, we'll kick it over to you, Walt. Yeah, I think yeah, five three goal is definitely a killer just because you come back from a three-zero lead things up 3-3, three, three. like pretty much do the impossible, like something the Sabres haven't done all season, and then to give up two that quickly, uh, that was just killer. Uh, I mean, if that game was 4-3 heading into the third period, they probably could have tied it up and sent it to overtime. But, yeah, just breakdowns, it's just you almost don't really know what to think anymore with this team because I feel like every other time I come on here, it's like they win and you're happy again. And then every other time it's like, Oh, they lose. And it's like back to square one. It's just back and forth, back and forth. We got to go back and sit on a pine cone, bud. Yeah. We got, we, we <laughs> got to go, we got to go check the, the game notes with you all. See what your record is when you come on the show. Yeah, I know. We, like like we got to check the game. Yeah. Notes. It's uh, gotta be 50, 50 at this point. I think you are probably, you're probably a 500. Which is still a better record than <laughs> Buffalo right now. Yeah. Uh, turnovers on man rushes, two on two on zeros, lost face off, poor defensive coverage by forwards and defensemen. Power Samuelson and Darlene are pastry chefs baking turnovers. Um, I do want to make a point. Their coverage off a defensive zone face off loss, absolutely fucking atrocious tonight, Gully. 
Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it you saw it from both teams, too, because I think it was Benson's goal came off the draw. And we're talking about squirt hockey assignments. Strong side winger, get through that. Yep, get, get to your man. That, and if you can make a play on the puck, great. But you're not going to give that guy, the winger off the boards, the ability to just walk right through traffic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Dwayne, I'm, I'm with you on that, buddy. I, I think that's that's elementary stuff that cannot be happening. And it goes back to those faceoffs are so key, right? Like, and, and we're talking about clean losses here on that. But yeah, that pissed me off. I think it was what the first one. My notes on it were that. Um, Dwayne, you and I talked about it, but the sad offensive zone faceoff, he lost it. And, uh, sorry, the Sabres lost it. Winger got that shot through. So it, it was, you know, 26 uh, that that got caught there. 19 lost the faceoff, which is Krebs. And Greenway was that weak side winger in front. Like that to me, Jordan Greenway, you do not have the, the skill level. You do not have the role to fuck up your D zone faceoff assignments. You know what I mean? You're not putting up 30. You're not a fucking, you, you know what I mean? You're not a superstar. Know your fucking role. Execute on the goddamn D zone draws. Yeah. I would I would say Greenway's probably been one of our best better defending forwards this year. But Agreed. to your point, but to your point, Kelly, that he he definitely blew his assignment there. Couple quotes from Granado in the post game. Three, three, and then again, self-inflicted. We pass it through sticks. It ends up in our net. Also from Granado, I felt there were a couple guys on the defensive end that just didn't look quite like themselves. You generate that quality, you you could run that game again and maybe have a different outcome. I mean, yeah, sure. Granado says they will use both UPL and Commerce Week in the back-to-back games against Caroline National. I'm like, yeah, I would assume um, for sure. But yeah, I like the. I think you would point the most. I mean, you can point the finger just about every defenseman on the ice tonight. You know, Samuelson, Power, Darlene even. Um, Darlene even took some blame in his post-game portion of, the, of his interviews. But, like, Samuelson especially, man. Like, that guy. And, well, you can even speak to this, too. Last year when he wasn't in the lineup, this team suffered. They really did. Like, that was a big talking point. Now it's like he's hurting you when he's out there in the D zone. Yeah, it's pretty crazy turnaround. What did you guys see for defensive usage? Like, what were our pairs? I noticed a little bit of, uh, what was it, Darlene and Samuelson, and and then I saw some uh, um, uh, Ryan Johnson with with power. Like, uh, did you guys? I I wasn't I wasn't marking down who was with who, but if you noticed, was that par for the course for this this squad? I I forget what they did against the Rangers, but did you see what the, the pairings were today? I, I honestly forget who is out there today, but I know they benched Clifton, which they haven't done yet this year. Yeah. So that's switched up the Johnson pair. Yeah, it was. Wait, uh, so did we have seven dressed or we had six? They had six. They I did forget. six tonight. So they ran five, right? So, yeah, that makes no, no, sense. No, they ran six because they've been running seven. They have a four and one so, record. Yeah, so they had seven, seven dressed then, and Clifton yep. didn't didn't see the ice. Okay, so they yeah. did run six. Yeah, I just but, I was just trying to get a beat on the pairs, but. Again, though you, you mentioned it, guys, and well, I'll kick it back over to you. But on that on that five three goal, it, yeah, poor poor play from from UPL and, and and you know bad defensive zone awareness from the net front D, um, being power there, but or sorry, being uh, who are the back checking forward. The whole play starts with power turning it over at the blue line. Dwayne, we talked before the show. 
And Walt, and kick it to you first. What is going on with Pollard's game? Is it a lack of confidence? Is it is it not having that jam? What is it? I mean, I think for me, I think it's just the fact that he's still such a young defenseman. I, I think especially young defensemen that, you know, they develop pretty quickly with guys like that are the top picks like Owen Power, first overall picks. You transition the league pretty quickly, but then you also have those struggles that come along with every young defenseman. I mean, we've seen it with Darlene. We're seeing it with Power a bit. I, I think really it's just it's just an age thing in the NHL. I mean, it's hard to be a great defenseman night in and night out and be 21 years old. So I think with him, I think probably some of it's a confidence thing. I think when you just don't get pucks bouncing the right way, especially defensively, that could kind of throw things off a bit. I, I think overall – I think if this is like the worst it gets with him, I think it's it's great. Like things could definitely get much worse, but I I think for now I, I'm kind of fine with what he's been doing so far. But obviously, you'd like to see some of the defensive mistakes limited a bit, especially uh, what we saw from him tonight. Well said. Well, hey Wayne, can I just say Jack the the comment beautifully said? You no, know, I was bringing it up. Yeah, uh, so defensively poor tonight. This. This team is indescribable. What was the other uh, one? Uh, the one was we take one step forward and three steps back, it seems. No, the carve about Razor. I thought I, – Oh, I, no, I that was from Chris too. Derrick here. Thank you Chris. all for lighting the fire under St. Louis when you mentioned they were undefeated when scoring first, and you said that tonight is changing. Do everyone a favor and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, Chris, couple clicks because that fucking made my day. I can't yeah. Uh, oh, Tom loves Chris with a fucking razors down. One of our favorite viewers here, Mauricio. Turnovers out of man rushes. Two, oh, no, no, we actually broke, brought that one up. I'm sorry, this one. Cousins third period struggling. Second second power play unit on the ice for two minute shift. Couldn't get off the ice with Paterica played entire time. Own zone can't score. Can't back check someone. Anyone play defense? Um, yeah, I, I want to talk about Cousins. Um, can, I, can I throw something at you guys real quick about that? Sure. If I had to ask you, Cousins plus minus tonight, what do you think it is? Minus three. Go ahead. I'd say minus two. Plus two. He was a plus two? Plus yes, two? Interesting. <laughs> that is right. interesting because that guy has been about snake bitten as they could as they could right. time, time like on ice. buy a goal. Two, two more stats for Cousins. Time on ice. 21 minutes, 21, 21 minutes and change. Well, say like 17 and a half, 17, 10, damn close. Last oh, one on the face sauce. And he was, he was there on the draw and the one goal. What do you think he went on face offs tonight? I'll give you a guess. It's sub 50. I'd say 30%. Do you know? 42%. 40. So I just, I know, I know those are in a, in, you know, Sometimes in a vacuum, you know, I just think it's interesting, right? Because you would assume that motherfucker was, I don't know what you want to say, like uh, yeah, minus four. Like, I want to guess the same thing. Go ahead. More from Mauricio. Fundamentals lacking in team. Second worst faceoff percentage in the league. Cost Sabres, two goals, difference in game. Who is coaching the defensive coverage in zone? No puck awareness, no man awareness. Yeah, we, we constantly talk about this on this on this show, on our podcast. Like, the, the, I, this is what bugs me. Dan Girardi has so much wisdom to offer, and I'm sure he is in whatever capacity he's coaching in. I just can't do the part-time coaching anymore. I need a guy that's going to be on the bench with these with these young decor. 
I need a guy who's who has the influence to calm a guy like Power down. Maybe a calm a Samuelson down. What do you mean, calm by Ryan Johnson down? He's not there all the time. He's no, dude. He's a oh, part time. Right. He's the yeah. he's the one that explained. On that. You're right. And it uh, drives me nuts. Who's decision is that? Is that Donnie saying that's okay? I don't know. He he. I think he travels back and forth between like is he in Hamilton or Ontario? Uh, you know, he still lives up there and he comes here for practice and that's really about it. I don't think he's present for games. I, I mean, at that point, you're getting a message from one coach at practice, but then in a game when you need to make in-zone adjustments, because let's face it, guys, at, at this level, teams are doing pre-scouts. You know your opponent. We have all these stats and advanced analytics. They have the, the ability to click, okay, I want to see Zach Benson's face-offs, right? But my point, Dwayne, is – how much of that, like, can you say we're in a National League hockey team? We don't mind if he comes in and works, but if he has all that wealth of knowledge, we he's better serving this team here all the time. I don't know. Thoughts? Right. Uh, well, I'll yeah, go first. Yeah, I guess with Girardi, I mean, I think they probably use him more as a skill development guy. I don't really know what exactly his role is, but I'm guessing it's skill development just because I know he worked really closely with uh, Daryl Belfry, who's one of like the top skill development guys. In the I like I skated with Daryl Belfry my whole life until he made it big. And now I used to pay 20 bucks for an ice. Now he's getting $20,000 for a fucking sheet, you know? Yeah, I know. And, and pretty much like just the coaching tree that comes from him too, with like all the players that learned a lot from him and played in the NHL are now like developing guys like Dan Gerard, Girardi. Damien, Stepniak, Girardi. I don't want to throw Bizonette in there, but you know what I mean? There's a ton of well in Niagara Falls guys. A lot of Buffalo guys were there. Timmy Kennedy was there. Yeah, he he's now he's getting private lessons with Austin Matthews, Dwayne, for fucking 30K and fucking sheep, bud. That's yeah. <laughs> well, pretty nice. He's going from the 40 release your plex with fucking tenders goalie school. What and can I what do I, what do I gotta do? What do I gotta do to fill some bottles during that during that practice? <laughs> <laughs> what do I gotta do? Hey, I have a halfway inappropriate story that I feel tempted to tell, but I won't. All right, well, we'll see what we're <laughs> out there. Um <laughs> no, it's yeah, <laughs> but I, I just I just to your point, Johnny, you got two different types of two different coaches telling you two different things. I mean, I don't know if this the message is the same, but like you have a very young decor here. You have, you know, you have Eric Johnson, sure, but he's playing limited minutes a night. You have Ryan Johnson, you have Owen Power, Darlene's still a kid. Um, and then whoever it is that's filtering in between Yoki, Haru, Clifton, or whoever it is uh, on any given night, like you, I feel like Girardi just has such a wealth of knowledge to offer and could have a calming presence when you do have some struggles in the D zone. And it, it drives me nuts because he was a guy who made his bones in this league, sacrificing the body, literally just, you know, he was an undrafted player, just, you know, balls to the wall, every shift he was an, I think he had maybe like an Ironman streak or something too. Yes, he did. Long, yeah. Like, like the, the guy did, did all the little things right. And that's why he stayed in the league as long as he did. He has his wealth of knowledge to offer. And I, I just feel like his better pre- Best utilized being on the bench with, with these kids, and he's not. It drives me nuts. Speaking of which, real quick, and I have to pop in because Sabres fans will love this. It just so happened I was on the ice at the Harbor Center tonight, and who do I find there helping out? Rhett Warner. And uh, he was there with the Suns team. He coaches the 2009s. We were out with the young guys. And I'm like, that's him. I know. That's right. I saw him. And we got to chat and Dwayne and – you know, because I re- don't you remember like Rhett coming in? He 
He right. broke in with he, Florida. He got him from Calgary, I believe. Cool I think he got him from Calgary. He broke in with Florida in 95-96. Guess Wonder who was his assistant coach there? Lindy Ruff was his assistant. Oh, that's right. He was an assistant. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So, yeah, I used to love Rhett so Warner. That guy, that guy, that guy is the perfect example of what I would like from a guy like Owen Power in the D zone. He was never a guy who was going to hurt you, like, physically. He wasn't going to lay a big hit. But, like, a guy who was big and willed himself on you. And play. That, that's why he got paid. You know, why he had such a, a, a good career in the NHL is because – he, was, he wasn't flashy the way Owen Power is and the way he's going to be. Because Owen Power, make no mistake about it, he's going to be an elite defenseman in this league. But that's the kind of play player defensively I would like to see in terms of D-zone coverage. A guy who is going to will himself on you. He's a big bot. He knows how big he is. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to play a violent form of defense. But he's going to tie up your stick. He's going to jam you up. He's going to push you out of your way. He's going to let the goaltender see the shots. That's what I would like to see. It's, it's funny you say that name because that's that's a good example of a D zone. That's, what, brought, that's what made me think of it, Dwayne, is that when you were describing yeah. that, I'm like, I just fucking talked to a guy that I watched, me and you watched from it, at 98, 99 to 2000, yep. 2003. And when you look at his numbers, he only had two seasons where he was a minus. He was a plus four, yeah. a plus 20, a minus 16 on that real bad Florida team, a minus one, and then to finish, finish out his career. Plus three, plus 18, plus 10, plus 15, plus one, plus eight, plus seven, plus six, yep. minus two. And he's averaging, you know, like 80 penalty minutes. But like you said, that fucking jam, you need that, man. Yep. Love it. I love uh, it. Before, before we got a little sidetrack, we're going to talk a little about Dylan Cousins. Walt, we're going to kick it over to you. Yeah, sorry, what you, Walt. What do you think is, is, is jamming him up? Because is it more of a snake-bitten thing? Like, Because the guy we saw last year compared to the guy we saw this year like Dylan Cousins was really engaged below the dots in front of the net. He was getting to loose pucks. He was playing a physical brand of hockey, like a Michael Pekka ish type of hockey with more skill involved. Um, we're not seeing that guy this year. Yeah. I think that that injury, I don't really think he's been the same after that Hathaway fight. And I also don't think, yeah. Yeah. Having to wear that, uh, the cage too. I mean, he was wearing a fishbowl for a little bit and he said he couldn't see out the bottom or something because of the chin strap or whatever. And I mean, you could definitely see it when he was playing too. Like he had a really hard time, like handling the puck in front of him. And well, then he changed the it to like, in a ski wall. like you could, you mentioned the yeah. chin for him to even bring that up. You could, you know, it's a problem. Right. And I mean, we dealt with it our whole life. We have that goalie fucking. Yeah, they go for certain situations when you're looking down the puck. Yeah, sure, but I felt like that was just an excuse. Yeah, but I mean, I felt like you could like honestly see it though with when he played. It's like he had the puck at his feet and he tried doing like usual moves that he usually does, and he just lose it. And then, I mean, I guess the same problems happening though now that he has the regular visor on. He just just something about his game looks off a little bit. He hasn't been that great as of late. And I think with a guy like Cousins, like you're not just expecting what you got from him last season. Like he got that big contract because you expect him to continue to grow from where he was last season. Like you kind of hope he's like you're like 80, 90 points second line center that's got an elite shot, elite speed that's always turning the game in your favor. And I just don't think we've got that from the season. We've just gotten kind of a player that hasn't had the greatest puck touches that time and has had some pretty bad like turnovers and just general passing decisions with the puck. 
couple great comments here in, in the comment section. I, I completely agree. Well, and I, it's something where as a young guy, he came in last year. I think the catalyst there was he had a great world championship with Canada, right? Came in, propelled himself with that. And it's ironic. I think it was the St. Louis Blues, Doug Armstrong's GM that brought him over there. Um, I'm not reading this comment because I'm talking, but no, bang on point. He's got to find his game. And sometimes, you know, as a young player, you, you that the ups and ups and downs, the highs and lows, you, you really get lost in that. Yeah, here's a good comment from Chris. Uh, you know, not 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 a good comment in entirety, but like kind of like just the theme of what tonight was. Pucks just weren't bouncing our way. A perfect example was that still shot we saw middle stat with literally a wide open nut, and like that puck doesn't go in. I I I, I, I commented uh, during the game like the goalie version of that is when we try to play the puck, when a puck is dumped on us on net, and we just completely whip on it, and it goes in the net. That's yeah, <laughs> or a dump in from center ice, calling out to play it. Oh, and he's on his grind. It's a goal. It's a goal. Uh, it's literally the, like the, the goalie version of that for me. I, I've, I've been there once or twice. I'm sure you have too, Gully. But, like, maybe I, uh, yeah, snake bitten. But, I mean, Casey has been one of the more consistent forwards this season. Same way with JJ. Um, outside of Cousins, uh, well, like, who would you say has been more of a disappointment in this lineup this year? Uh, Wilson. Sorry. I'd say maybe I – think, I think Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, just as a veteran defenseman, I think – I don't know what I really expected from them, but – uh, just the fact that, you know, Eric Johnson had a pretty decent role in a really good avalanche team and same with Clifton on a really good Bruins team. Like you just kind of hope if you bring in a guy like Clifton who played on like the best regular season team in NHL history and was a kind of a regular in that lineup that you wouldn't have to scratch him. If he got placed on a Buffalo Sabres team that really doesn't have the best defensive depth, but I mean, we obviously had to tonight. I mean, I know it's a rotation. But... Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, that, 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 that's the thing that surprises me, right? Like, Ryan Johnson gets 10. Eric Johnson gets it's he gets 11. Yoki Haru with 17. Samuel Sim with 22. Owen Power with 24 and 28. I Honestly, the way Owen Power was playing, I think, he, he, you know what? Maybe you don't play him 24 fucking minutes. The guy was fucking working the Tim Hortons drive through serving up fucking bagels, you know? I, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm overreacting. <laughs> Yeah, I think with power, I mean, I think they're really just trying – they're just trying to force, like, kind of the good play into him just by giving him a lot of minutes and hoping it comes along. And I guess that's what worked with Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, there are points where he looked awful, especially two seasons ago. I remember that game where uh, – I forget where they're playing. I think it was Seattle maybe where they give up a late goal. Dahlin goes to hit his stick on the post. He completely falls and wipes out. Like, that was probably, like, the lowest low I've seen a young defenseman get. And – he bounced back from it eventually. Like, they didn't have to bench him or anything. He just did it on his own, I guess. But, yeah. Johnny, I don't know. What are you doing right now? Your, your no, nose I, is I, I, couple looks. I, I made notes on the goal. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just watching him in the background. Are you, looking through, are, you look, are you looking through a screen right now? What do you mean? <laughs> trying try to track a puck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, – yeah, I don't know. Um, no, I, I just watched in here some of the plays. Go ahead. I would say one of the more surprising players for me, at least the last three weeks, and 
Again, you know, he's never been like an analytic sweetheart, has been Victor Olofsson. I think you saw him on that first power play unit today. I thought he earned that opportunity on that first unit. He's been good. He has like, what, three or four multi-point games this year. He has more assists than goals. And when have you ever been able to say that about Victor Olofsson? Like, yeah. never. Yeah, I think a lot of them come too. He's just a lot harder on pucks. Like he's got some yes. races because he's a guy that like causes a turnover and like creates a chance for his team, which I think for a guy like Olsen, that's really like pretty much all we've been asking from him just because he's got such an elite shot. He's got a decent amount of skill too that if he's able to just be like a little bit average, even below average in other areas of the game, I think he can be effective. Maybe not $4.5 million effective, but I think he's been useful for the Sabres the past few games, and I thought he had a great game against the Rangers too. Yes, he did. He really did. And, and I, I yeah. wasn't trying to be hard on him. I just, you know, he's had a tough start. I, uh, hey, guys, going back to the first goal really quick. One minute in, your first defensive zone faceoff, Krabs loses it clean. Fucking Greenway, like, he wasn't there. But, like, that's one that uh, Lukanen's got to find a way. You're 6-3. You know that shot's coming. You know there's nothing backside. Get out the top of the crease and be square. That fucking goal kills me. I watched it six times now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I think coming after that incredible save he made oh, just I before know. that right face before off that is just brutal. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, watching this replay, it really looks like it fucking got him again. Mm-hmm. But again, off that power play, Krug finds him and Snizbanger. Would you have pulled him right there, guys? After the third I'd goal. Probably, yeah, that, I probably would have. I just described, but the third one, yes. Yeah, I, was, I think I would have. I, I, I this is where I'll disagree with you guys. I was actually fine with them leaving him in solely because you just gave him the net as your 1A. Yeah, true. And to yank him after one period, I just don't think you're yeah. with a goalie with a goalie that struggles with consistency and you don't know really know you don't really you don't really, you don't really know the mental makeup of UPL because you know he's not a guy that does a lot of interviews. You don't hear, hear a lot of comments from him. Whereas when you talk to Devin Levi, he's very articulated. Like, you know, he, he, you know, it's almost like you were talking to Ryan Miller back in the day when, when Devin talks about when he plays certain weight, weight things type, type of breakdown. It's very reminiscent of that. Whereas you can't really get a full grasp on Uko Pakalukinen and what type of a mental goalie he is. So I don't, I wouldn't have wanted to send that message to the kid, you know, during probably the best stretch of his career, you, you know, three, three and always that previous three games. I was fine with them leaving him in. However, like, you, yeah, you do probably want to save on one of those two, fourth or the fourth or the fifth. But at the end of the day, like, you look at the, you look at a lot of these goals that went in. It's just like there are two or three things that went wrong before it ended up back in your net where you can solely put it on put it on UPL. It's just like, you know, where like, and to me, it won't matter who's in net back there if it's UPL. Levi or Comrie, I mean, would it have made a difference tonight if you play the same way defensively in front of all three of those goaltenders? Probably not. I mean, maybe maybe you get a save, uh, uh, get a, get an extra save or two out of one of the other two. But in terms of a few of those goals, no shot, no shot at all. Especially at six one, the six one really bugged me. I know, I know, Power had a, lost a step on the guy. He might have been a little gas. I just hate the fact that he attacked the attacked the puck carrier instead of taking taking the middle of the ice away. You make that you make that a one on zero instead of a two on zero. 
when he takes himself out of the play by diving at the puck. Yeah, I mean, I'll be nitpicking a little bit there, but no, try your best to take right, that man. pass away with your reach and your size, and you make that a one on a one on O rather than a two on O. Him coming in wide on the backhand because uh, he doesn't have a full sixty feet of ice there to work with, and it's just him and UPL. Or at worst, maybe your reach disrupts that pass a little bit, and right. I see that you don't force him to make that perfect play, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like you know, and don't get me wrong. Owen Power almost knocked that puck away from on that dive. It bounced over his stick, which if that does knock that puck away, we're not even having this conversation. But again, another side of the coin, if you take that, if you if you stay you stay you stay on the pass, keeps the middle of the ice. It's, you don't give him that type of time and space. To make that pass, now it's not just an easy play if he does make the pass or you have him coming in wide on his backhand, which isn't exactly a very easy play to make, no matter what your companion of UPL's play was tonight. So that's my only criticism of that sixth goal is I just feel that you that Owen should have stayed on the pass rather than making that diving effort. But I get it also. It's like you're down two. You're trying to make a play. You're, you're probably a little gassed. I get it. That might be me just nitpicking a little bit. But before then, I just don't know who's going to win you that game in net when you're playing that badly in front of your goaltender. I don't know how you can win a game when when you got fucking Oscar Sundquist going 67% on draws. <laughs> Sorry, When's the last time we had anybody on the Sabres go 67% in a we single We had Tyson Jost at 33% overall. He went three for nine total. Um, Krabs went three for seven at 43%. Akposo was strong. He went four for two at 67%. Dylan Cousins, four for 10, 40. Casey Middlestat, 16 for 26. So guys, the next closest faceoff taker was 10. That doesn't happen by an accident. And he took 26 faceoffs, went 16 for 26 at 62%. Isaac Rosen, over one. No, I just I felt like that needed to be added in there. I'm sorry. I had to say something about it. I just felt like when a game like that where you have multiple goals off face-offs, let's find the common denominator, right? You know what sucks, too, is these games like where you do see a kid like Rosen playing. It's so hard to really get a grasp on on, on his play because so many things are going wrong. Like I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't notice him a ton out there. Like, What were your guys' opinion of Isaac Rosen tonight? I thought – First period, I thought he had a great shift. I thought, yeah, he – I forget what exactly happened on that shift, but I just remember him carrying the puck in. Sabres ended up getting a shot off. Uh, yeah, he had a good entry on that. He skated strong. He looked good on that, too. Yeah. That shit, I remember. Yeah, he looked pretty smooth. It's just that, yeah, really not the best game to, like – or best three games to really see uh, Rosane or even Kulik in one game. Like, Rosane – didn't really play a lot during that Rangers game. That Devils game was obviously a disaster. And then tonight, he had a few good flashes, but I always kind of said that it's it's going to be hard to like add too many young forwards to this group while they're without Jack Quinn and Tage Thompson because it's just Quinn. yeah, it's yeah. There's only so many spots for those guys, I especially do. if you're you don't really want to be in a situation where you have to throw a. 20 19 year old forward on like your third or fourth line, like your third or fourth line with injuries. I, I, I'll leave Dwayne, I'll kick it back to you, but I, I'm feeling more and more. And you called this when we interviewed, um, coach that's now in the show from Ottawa, uh, 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 Trigny, Trigny. Um, and 
you know, he spoke highly of Jack Quinn, and I was a doubter at first. Not that I didn't hate, I, I didn't hate the pick. I just didn't know enough about him. Um, and I usually have a bias towards the old guys, but guys, like he had a fucking dynamite year last year, and a terrier Achilles that sucks. I think we're seeing not only how good of a year he had last year, but just how much harder it made to match up against us, giving us another elite center iceman. You know what I mean? Somebody that yeah. can be used on the wing as well. Like, I just think that's huge. And you just took a peek at the face-off stats. I don't know. I think with a team like this. And that last comment, Dwayne, can you bring it up after you touch on this? Yep. Right here. See, and I'm okay with the youngest team in the league having hiccups. Um, and making it. Yeah, but allowing a goal in the first couple of minutes so consistently is a fundamental issue that ends the night before it starts. And, and you guys know this just as well as I do, because, you know, how big is that first save for us? And I know it wasn't, you know, he made a great save, but that old adage of the wisest goalie knowledge ever got a good save doesn't make up for a bad goal. Not calling the second one a bad goal, but you let in that goal early in the game. We know as goalies, it's, 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 it's a fucking – you feel, you know, let's say you're on the bench and your partner's in that. You can feel the fucking life get sucked out of the group, right? Yep. And I wonder. It, it, especially for a goalie, man, like, it's tough. It's tough, especially when you let in a little one. I, I joked about it, man. It's like, at least in my life, after you make a dope save like that, it's almost a guarantee the next one's going in. <laughs> like, you just, you have a moment to yourself for like, oh, that's awesome. And then, boop, next oh, one's in. Like, in the back of the net. So that huge save you just made doesn't matter literally at all. The right, these, aren't, these, aren't, these aren't saves. I just took a puck and marked him up. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, it's true. It's true, though, man. Like, it's deflating because, like, for a goalie, like, you know, you have a team celebrating in front of you. You hear the buzzer going behind you. You see the red light getting your neck's getting a little sunburned. And, you know, whereas if you're like an Owen Power or Darlene or a Tuck or whoever might be, it makes a mistake. Go back to the bench. You get tires pumped back off. Or as a goalie, you're out there on an island by yourself. Like, it's like someone comes out, taps you on the pad, like, oh, man, don't worry about it. Okay, goalie, we all know you got a shit goal. You suck. But, you know, we know what they're doing. They say, hey, it's okay, Cully. And in our mind, it's like, hey, dude, we wish you weren't in the net. Uh, coach sent me over here because we're afraid you're about to let in the next eight goals. <laughs> I don't know why you I, – I, I hated – when I knew I let in a bad goal, don't come and tap me on the – or, sorry, tap me on the pads, fine, whatever. But, like, don't lie to me. I'd rather have you tell me, Cully – that was terrible. You're not going to let in another one like that. But like when somebody would come over to you and be like, Hey, hey, well, it's uh, Dwayne. Don't worry about that one, buddy. I, like, buddy, I just let in a dump from center ice. I know I fucking should have had it. Okay. I don't know. Hey, really quick. Can I throw a couple numbers at you guys? Sure thing. Hits tonight. 13 for St. Louis, five for Buffalo. Now I know that NHL skews what they consider a hit, but against a team like St. Louis, where you know that they play that physical brand of hockey, as long as Chief's the coach there, you're going to have to match that. And I go back to that, that I think it was the five, 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 three goal where, where power pinches. If he misses that pinch, you guys know the rule. You come down the wall. If you get beat with the puck, you got to get a piece of what? All right, I'm sorry. I, we broke, you broke up for a second. I missed the If you pinch on that as power with numbers coming back and you're F3 and it, eh, if you miss the chip, you got to get a piece of who? You got to get, get a piece of the uh, 
and I implore the player, the guy, you're right. Yeah, I, player, I implore yeah. everybody to rewatch that play because right at the, the replay, it shows power makes a – and, Dwayne, you, you, you mentioned it before the game. It almost looks like he's playing back to the Ralph Kruger days with, like, shackles on her, or he's handcuffed a bit, whether it's mental or physical, coaching, whatever, I don't know. But here's a guy that we saw make that play a ton – at the collegiate level, and I know it's a big step up. He's a big boy. He doesn't need to kill that guy. He doesn't need to take an interference. But if he gets a, just a shoulder on a shoulder, that gives your F3 time to backtrack in. Instead, fucking 5-3 in 38 seconds. Last three numbers. How many block shots do you think that we had? Uh, I will say their shot attempts weren't that high up there uh, after the second period. So I'll give you the shot. I'll give you the shots on goal. 15 first period for the Sabres, 16 second, 15 in the third for 46. St. Louis went eight in the first, six in the second, six in the third for 20. Ouch. I'm well, going right, to shot, shot I'm going to go on the lower side of 15. And I'd say like eight. So Sabres block six, Blues block 12. Giveaways, and this is what kills me. Blues we gave caused a lot. Of, we caused a lot of turnovers. Well, the Blues gave it away thirteen times. We technically only gave it away four. And the last thing I'll mention is power play. Okay, your power play's got to win the, the special teams battle. We were zero for three. They were one for two, and their power play goal ends up being a big one. So I'll shut up and fuck off. I've talked too much, but thank you for my numbers. Why well, we love you, Johnny. Um. Your, your thoughts on the slow starts, Walt. Um, you know, is it a fundamental thing? Is it coaching? Um, is it a, like a lack? I don't want to say lack of leadership, but like you, you just have, you have these kids just not ready to go from from the from the uh, the jump of the gun. Like I, I don't get it. Like it's ha- it's happened way too many times um, this season. And going back to last year, where we had one of the most you know high powered offenses in the league to what we have now, you can't afford these slow starts anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much, it's been a combination of everything. I think just unluckiness, uh, just the fact that they're a little inexperienced and just overall effort level, some of their slow starts. I think it's definitely something that needs to be worked on. I mean, everyone's seen this Eastern Conference this year, how much of a just dogfight it will be to make it to the playoffs. Like, you may not need, more than 90, 91, 92 points to get in the playoffs. But there's so many teams in the mix for those spots. That's really the only reason the points needed will be down this year. It's just such a competitive conference this year. So I think those slow starts, you just got to find a way to get rid of those. Uh, we we saw the record uh, with that Rob Ray comment before the game. The Sabres 7-1-0 and scoring first. When they don't score first, it's obviously – whatever the remainder of their record is, I think, well, like three, 10 and one. So I think if you're the Sabres, just getting those first goals, especially as a young team is really important, a lot easier playing ahead. I, I think it's something that will improve as the season goes on, but they just have to find a way just to not have these two, nothing, three, nothing starts. I feel like it's happened too much this year and, Going down three nothing is a lot worse than one nothing, two nothing heading in the second period. It feels like things kind of just snowball once they give up one or two goals this season. Who was the team we beat three two? Boston? No. Yeah. We beat the Wild three two. No, 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 no. After a two nothing, 
They went up 2-0. Not the Rangers. The game before that. Um, Come on. Maybe Chicago, not... Chicago 3-2. I forget if they no, were no, losing. We went, we went down 2 nothing, and we came back and won by 3. By 3 or 3-2? Move on. I can't believe it. <laughs> No, this this happened recently here, man. We we lost. I mean, we I'll go the game before down. the Rangers game. The game before the Rangers game. So before the Rangers lost the Devils seven to two, uh, we beat the Penguins three two. Yes, the Penguins game. Okay, that's what oh I yeah, to forgot about that one. On, on your point, Walt, the difference between a three goal lead and a two goal lead, or a three nothing lead and a two nothing lead, is huge because, and I'm not going to disagree, Gar Rosen. You know. Whether it's lack of ice time, whether not being able to get a regular shift, it is, and it's a mental issue. But um, getting back to my point, um, that Pittsburgh game, Kopechkin found a way to make those saves. Right, he made a couple ten bell saves in that game, including yep. the the paddle, but timely saves. He kept that at two nothing long enough for this team to get it going. Now I think we saw what we could do, just like we did in that third period of the Pittsburgh game. We were able to tie that game in the second period, right? What happens from there that deviates away from our game plan? And a lot of people have touched on it. Sorry, Gar. I'm not. I'm really a fan of Greenway's game, but just like Casey, he's got to shoot more. Well, Gar, I'll tell you what. If he's a big power forward and he's on his fucking strong side on the defensive zone faceoff, if he doesn't get through on that and he fucking flamingos and puts his leg up, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a what's that? Um, damn it, the joke's ruined. Uh, who's the, the the figure skater that put, took a pipe to the knee? Tanya Harding. Oh, I'm going to uh, fucking Tanya Harding Greenaway if he doesn't God, get through the fucking... Oh, wait till you guys see it. You're fired up. You're fired up. Um, sorry, sorry. I'll fuck off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before we wrap things up here, just want to remind everybody that this has been brought to you by Fatty Beer Company. Western New York's premier market and tap room uh, over seven different Western New York locations with over 300 beers to choose from. And they're open 1130 AM till 1030 PM and later seven days a week, dog and kid friendly and live entertainment music trivia at all seven of their locations. Make sure you get over to fatty beer company, check out the 24 beers of Christmas advent calendar or their handcrafted made handmade crafted ornaments. Uh, and if you do bring your dog, they always got a treat on tap. Uh, just tell whoever is behind the pine that night to hook you up uh, and tell them the boys from Two Goalies and Mike saying And, of course, Buffalo Go Apparel, uh, Buffalo's best spot for all your Bills, Sabres, Bandits, Bisons needs, for all your hats, shirts, hoodies, whatever it is you want to wear uh, either out for a night out in the town or to your Sabres or Bills game. Uh, they have some some great stuff, this hat specifically. The Look at the sky on the old one. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. yep. Uh, got that hooked up with me from boys over at Buffalo Go. So uh, you can find them at Buffalo Go Co. on Instagram and Twitter, buffalogo.com, or, of course, Fatty Beer Company at Fatty Beer on Twitter and Instagram and fattybeercompany.com. Um, any final thoughts for you guys? I'm going to rip through some of these comments, though, but final thoughts on tonight's game. One and, quick thought for me, and then I'm done. Fatty Beer Company, check out the location downtown. Timmy Benner, best fucking bartender in the league. Um, we go there after every FHL game. Um, and more than anything, 
Dar, he's taking I don't, a shot. I don't he's taking Spanish. a shot. <laughs> ER Zoom. I just want to make sure that I'm getting it right. I'd rather be right than wrong, Dar. <laughs> fucking mix in a fucking salad. Fuck you, bud. I'm just kidding, Dar. All good fun, bro. Um, I'm an idiot, whatever. Um, no, Fatty Beer, great place. Check out the one in the village of Hamburg. Like, like, um, like you said, Dwayne, they let the dogs in. Nick Fatty's a friend of the program, friend of the show. He's done so much for hockey in Buffalo. We still run the summer league. Just a great guy. Uh, love supporting local businesses. And I don't know what it's called. I think it's beer number one, whatever the Pilsner is. I just go in, I give him the old number one, sir. And just a very, very refreshing Pilsner. Yep. But we, did, we, we did have a giveaway tonight contingent on, of course, the Sabres winning a oh. Sabres goat head rally towel along with the uh, $25 gift card to Fatty Beer Company. That'll carry over to a different game. Um, unfortunately, did not get the W tonight. But uh, keep an eye out for more giveaways in the future from both Fatty and Buffalo. Well, any final thoughts? Uh, I just hope the Sabres win the next game. That's that's my only final thought. Uh, Carolina too, not a not not an easy task for sure. Um, I do know that I think what is it? Is it December eighth? Is the first game that Devin Levi is uh, eligible to play in Rochester? Is that what they said? I don't I don't know the exact date. That exact sounds game? right. One more time. I believe December eighth would probably be the first game that. Levi is allowed to uh, eligible to play in Rochester. Um, You're talking thinking about, about making the trip for He's sure. What's up? He's waiver exempt on his entry level deal. Is he not? Oh no, he signed yeah, one. No, yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that he that he won't be able to play until the eighth or something Fair along. Enough. Fair enough. I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but no, um, definitely something to keep an eye on his development down there, playing for Seth Appert for Rochester. Definitely. Former coach of mine at Team USA, he fucking hated my guts. And everybody hates your guts. No, John Cooper was the head coach. He liked me, so fucking feel it, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> you got squirrel brain, man. You're just all over. Oh, the man, what do you want me to say? <laughs> fucking guy was a little <laughs> rabbit. Yeah. I don't know. Um, John Cooper was the biggest beauty ever. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I. For me, I, I'm gonna definitely keep an eye on that. Um, for sure. Uh, and then of course you got two tough games against Carolina and the Predators. I'm not sure about the Predators record this season, how well, the, how good a team they've been. Um, I haven't been paying a ton of, a uh, ton of attention to West coast hockey, uh, last two weeks, but, um, you always know it's a tough game when you go into Carolina, any Rod Brindamore coached, uh, Carolina team. I saw game. that lose a really close game, uh, the other night and, and man, they are fucking tough. Right now, they are sitting at 22 games played, 13, 8, and 1. Good for 27 points and second in the Metropolitan. A 614 winning percentage. Uh, right now, they have a goal differential of plus 2. They're 7, 2, and 1 at home. Obviously, like you said, Dwayne, very tough to play there. Uh, they are on a 6, 3, and 1 in their last 10. Yeah. Uh, for, uh Fort Erie for Girardi sites family ruins for part-time, but it's a cush gig. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know what? I can fuck with that, but like, then let's make it clear that I don't know. I, I maybe, maybe we're off on that doing, but I got your point and I, and I agreed with it. Um, can I get my one last thought in? Sure. Thanks for having me back. As long, as, long back. as your last one. No, no, I appreciate you. appreciate you being on with us. I know uh, it's been a minute, so it's happy to have you on. You're always a, uh, 
you have a way of articulating things, Cully, and that's why I love you. Uh, Walt, as always, thanks for uh, hopping on with us. You can find him at Sabermetrics. Uh, and, of course, he coll- his collaboration with the Charging Buffalo. Always a pleasure to have you on, Walt. Um, thanks for dealing with this madness and Cully's return. And oh, uh, VR, VR goggles, whatever. Wait, wait, tell what did that fucking guy mean? Because I was trying to see who made the play. <laughs> um, yeah, Gar, good chirp, buddy. I mean, I remember my first <laughs> chirp, but it's all right. Get him out there. Two things. Hey, did we talk about Jari scoring? Oh, oh no, yeah. Oh, yeah, so. the goalie goal night, Tristan Jari. Downtown. Two goalies. <laughs> One Mike, one fucking snipe. Let's yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, feels like oh, also former Saber great Zadarov traded to I think it was the Canucks. I get that right. Yep, to the Canucks for a third and a fifth. And hometown guy Patty Kane signs with the Red Wings. My last question, really quick, for two point seven five, would you have brought him in? Because here's my thoughts: Would Jack Quinn gone for the year? I would have taken a chance. He's movable at the deadline. Is he an upgrade on some of these guys? Sure. He's not going to be here long-term. And keep in mind, the past four guys that have that surgery, Jovanovski, the hip resurfacing surgery, Jovanovski, Kessler, and I forget the third guy, were never the same. Now, Patty Kane's a specimen, maybe the best American player ever. Hometown guy. The ability to bring him in on a team that maybe could use that that you know offensive output here and there. I know we don't want to fuck with the core and everything, but just really quick, guys, did we miss on that two seven five? I, 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 for me, I'd say if he was willing to go one year at Buffalo, I would have taken him on. If he wanted two or three to sign in Buffalo, I would have said absolutely not. So say that one more time. If he if he just wanted one year, which is what he got with Detroit and Buffalo. I would do that if he wanted two or three. If he wanted term to sign in Buffalo, I wouldn't have given him two or three years with that uh, with that surgery, uh, with that hip resurfacing that was just done. Yeah, but I um, think if anything, you move him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I think it would be tough though on two or three. I I I, 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 I years. Yeah, if they gave him two or three term, years, I wouldn't have signed him for more than a year. I should have prefaced it with yeah. that. Only yeah. a one year contract. So, because listen, when Jack Quinn comes back in, and and, and Kulik and I, those guys coming up, there won't be room for an aging winger that's at, coming to trying to come back from that surgery. But Dwayne, go ahead. I know you. I cut you off there. No, uh, when it comes to Kane, like yeah, I de- I definitely think he could have helped this team when healthy. When it comes to the hip thing, um, I won't call it a thing. Like like I'm downplaying it, but um, you know, people kind of point to to Backstrom first because it's the most recent. Yeah. Uh, issue. People you. also don't realize he's also been dealing with hip issues since 2015. Like this isn't just a, a recent thing where he just got surgery and now his career is over. It's look been going. It's something that's been London Knights. Look at his London Knights history. He got a, he got hip checked in a game, and I I, I don't want to speak out of turn because it might be a HIPAA violation, but it was it was a significant <laughs> injury to his labrum and the way that you're hip adductor, adductor, and hip flexor kind of rotate in that joint. And, I mean, fucking guy scored 1,000 points or whatever he has on that, and I can only imagine it's gotten worse. So, Dwayne, you're you're good. Thank you. It's like I don't want to call like a degenerative thing that's, you know, been getting worse over time, but you have to imagine like – It is, though. It it definitely hasn't hasn't helped. 
whereas with point, whereas dude. with Kane, whereas with Kane, this is more recent and maybe his body reacts differently. You know, this is happening later in his career. Um, the expectations are going to be different for him at this point at 35 years old. Um, Wouldn't it not, been cool not to have him come back, Dwayne? Huh? Wouldn't it have been cool to have him come back? Oh, he was – he all oh, so, – I will tell you this with a certainty for growing up in the area, for playing a lot of street hockey in, in South Buffalo, in the city of Buffalo, play street hockey everywhere. I can promise you 90% of South Buffalo would have been in the Key Bank Center. Put they, would tailgating. they would have been tailgating. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I'll tell you right now, guaranteed sellouts for at least two weeks. Fuck it. I Guaranteed sellouts. Party in the plaza, but no taxi drivers allowed. Stay safe out there, cabbies. <laughs> Listen, um, yeah, I think he definitely could have helped because the expectations, if he's healthy, wouldn't have been as large as you've seen with him five years ago. And oh. if he's even 80% of the player that he was five years ago, he definitely helps his team, especially yeah. on, a, on, on a power play that's been barely existent, if existent at all this season. Like I get I get his choice, the, the the ability to team up with Debrinkit and playing for – you got to remember, he left home at, 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 before he went to London. He had 14, he was playing – or 13, he was playing with the Little Caesars at 14. Sorry, 14 Little Caesars, 15, he was playing at the development program in Ann Arbor. Uh, or close to it, right? So he, he's comfortable there. But again, he mentioned Stevie Y, right? I would fucking suck the fart out of his butthole. Stevie Y is my idol. Like, I mean it, dude. If Stevie Y farted in my dinner, I would say, thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> There's a way that that's how we're going to end the show. The one, the one thing is guaranteed when, 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 Johnny Cullen makes his appearance on two goalies. I'm like, it's guaranteed the show is going to run about 15 minutes later than it should. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to, he's going to get his point across in very unique ways. Uh, well, again, thanks for hopping on. I know it's like my third time saying bye to you, but uh, thanks again, as always, man, you're, you're a beaut and I love having you on with us. I love oh, it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, no I hope this is entertaining. Wait, real quick. Well, where'd you get the hat? Uh, it's from a company called Lefter and Co. They're on Main Street in Buffalo. Nice. Fucking sponsor us! I'm just kidding. Nice hat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dwayne. All right, guys. I'll Dwayne, talk to you guys Dwayne later. Back, Fatty Beer Co. And who yep, else? Already... Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. We're gonna we're gonna head out. We're gonna oh, leave you with these sounds from Snakeland. This is the new adult contemporary. Uh, remember, this is brought to you by Fatty Beer Company and Buffalo Go Apparel. Make sure you go check them out. At Betty Beer, at Buffalo Co. on all your social media platforms. This has been another losing edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. We will talk to you later. Thanks for coming.
Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.